0: It's easy to say yes on a survey. I can assure you 99.9% of those people are not going to take a 100, 150K haircut to balance the market. That's what I'm
1: saying.
2: You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. Good
0: morning. Hello. Welcome back. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. It's the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. We are back. And better than ever, with <laughs> backgrounds of ourselves and great stories from the weekend. Uh, my name is Paul Stevenson. I am a mortgage agent. Okay. I'm a mortgage agent. Yes. Uh, David, David Warren is a mortgage agent, seemingly mortgage agent. outside of the office. And Gregory is not a mortgage agent. So for those who think we're all realtors, we're not. But Greg is. Greg <laughs> Campbell am. is a realtor extraordinaire at the agency auto. I am. The agency.
1: How's it going, in front, gentlemen? In front of How a backdrop of my own face. Yes.
2: Glorious. <laughs> Put, the ego, aside, Put the ego aside, Campbell. Put the ego aside. It's a beautiful photo, though. Beautiful Greg, photo.
0: No? For those listening, Greg is sitting in front of a mural of himself. Yeah. Having, having fun with backgrounds in Zoom. Just decided to leave that in there. <laughs>
2: yeah. Pretty amazing. Put How the ego
0: the aside, Campbell. How was the weekend? <laughs> David, you're out of town.
2: I am. I'm in Victoria, B.C., so beautiful. Got here Friday, here for the weekend. Had to do a friend's place over on an island, Salt Spring Island, later today. And uh, spending the week working from there. We'll be there till Sunday. Yeah, looking forward to it. Never been to Victoria, never been to any of the islands. Been to Vancouver quite a bit, but not out of the islands around. Cool. So Salt Spring's an amazing nice place. Yeah. yeah, it should be fun.
0: Sounds like something out of the movie Cars.
2: <laughs> yes. Salt yes. Spring,
0: sounds like. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> I get that. Uh, How's your weekend, Gregory?
1: The weekend was good. I showed some homes, submitted an offer, currently in negotiations. Saw a lot of homes again with the same buyers I was working with a couple weeks ago, speaking about them. Single family detached homes in Emberon. Well, not Emberon anymore. We did Rockland, Orleans, Russell. Saw a lot of great properties. $8.99.9 seems to be the kind of standard price for an older semi updated home in New Orleans mm. whether they sell at that price or not that remains to be seen but there's a lot of nice uh, a lot of nice stuff out there ready for the ready for the the buyers and I also saw a lot of vacant homes again. I know I spoke about that earlier in the year where seeing a lot of vacant properties so you know what that means that there are opportunities and potentially prices for some could go down if they have to sell, or they might turn those into rentals if they need to, if selling at a certain price means too much of a loss for them. I spoke with the agent from the agency out of uh, outside of the GTA, and her friend bought a new build here two years ago, I think, it's just being completed next month, you know, end of November. And uh, she was asking me what he could sell it for. My price was $750 based on what they're selling for now. And two years ago, when he purchased it, it was $850. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, needless to say, he's turning that into a rental as opposed to taking a $100,000 bath. Yeah, someone you... ask us
0: that? Remember, someone asked us that a few weeks ago? Like, do you think builders would purposely keep their prices high to protect their previous buyers? And we're seeing that. I think at the time we had said that that's not a thing. Like people, like obviously, bought, like builders are obviously looking to sell homes. They're not looking to protect yep. their, uh, their buyers. And I, I've seen that for sure. Like I have people buying new builds. We're now coming up to the appraisal point. Some of them, I've actually had a few AVM, like, uh, like have an automated mm-hmm. valuation model where they don't need an appraisal, which is great. But others, like there's direct comparables, same builder, same model, exactly the same unit for you know, 50, 75 less than what they do. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you like, they will 100% have to come up with the difference. There's no, there's no gray area. Like it may appraise for more, but when you can buy the exact same home, now it closes a year from now or wherever. Right. But in some cases, the homes are already built. They're vacant. They're built now, just like the other home that they've bought and they're selling it for less. So yeah, that difference you're basically, it's like you bought a stock a year ago and now the price of that stock's gone down and the value of your shares have lowered, you know? But now you gotta now you gotta buy those shares back it's like a futures contract, you know.
1: And then so what? And then what happens is, you know, the amortization.
0: futures contract. It is a futures contract. We, we are
1: in the amortization nation, right? Yes, I love that. Right. The amortization nation. So they come. <laughs> wow, it doesn't appraise, and then you know you got to extend the term and do whatever you can to
0: close that's canada now we are the amortization nation that that's the first time i've heard that <laughs> term and i love it and i i, I read it.
1: it i read it moments ago and i am uh, on torah
0: <clears throat> i think are I you gonna say where it. i read it
1: it's great
0: we saw that st- yeah. i saw it now it's mine that's how the internet works now
1: put the ego saw- away campbell <laughs> put the ego <laughs> put it away
0: I we saw don't this- want that go I saw away this- <laughs> Saw this photo meme and now it's mine it's greg campbell <laughs> Yeah no we had something from I think it was Twitter or we had a graph last week where it actually showed the banks and like what percentage of their mortgages are over amortized kind of over that 25 year amortization and I think every bank was over 40% or, or over 20% I, I wish I wish I had the graph so we could quote it but there was some lenders for sure that were at 40% and I think we talked about it last week maybe after the show that BMO was exiting the auto finance game I mm-hmm. think TD was saying that their auto finance they've never seen Like the defaults that they're seeing since they started lending out for secured lending on cars, so
1: which is scary. So and so you so that means that what? So they're they're defaulting on their car loans so that they can maintain their mortgage payments.
0: You'd think so. Like it seems in a lot of
2: cases. Yeah, it seems
0: like almost a domino, right? Like people pay their house first, then their car, (laughs) then groceries, food, or groceries, utilities, what have you. So if the cars are defaulting, you like you'd expect that mortgages are going to be next, right?
2: There's there's a big there's been a big increase in uh, consumer debt that's skyrocketed on on unsecured consumer debt lines of credit credit cards has, has skyrocketed I forget the percentage right now but we're back over pre-pandemic numbers uh, for the auto finance BMO did exit that that market but what the banks are having a trouble with is that it's it's one-sided they're lending the money out there's no deposits really coming in and so they can't leverage that asset like value depreciates immediately. You know you get the defaults, but also from a lending perspective, there's not really money coming in that they can then leverage to lend out on mortgages or or unsecured debt. so there's there's a big reason because they've OSFI, who regulates the banks has changed their how much money they banks can lend out based on how much they have in deposits. and for the bank for the auto finance realm, it's it doesn't really play into that and kind of depletes their their leverage capabilities right. Kind of been reading on that one
1: well i've got some information about what canadians think about uh what's going on right now <clears throat> would you like to hear about it
2: let's yeah. hear it Let, let's hear it that Gregory. put the ego aside though gregory <laughs> <laughs> put <his laughs> thinking
1: put the ego aside okay <clears throat> a new poll found that most canadians 70 percent, would be happy to see home prices go down even if it means sacrificing some of their own wealth this is a significant finding, given that about two-thirds of Canadian households own their homes. The poll also found that Canadians' preferred solution to the high cost of housing is to build more homes faster, including government-subsidized one. Only 12% respondents said the best answer is to curb immigration. Housing costs have become a major social issue and a political problem for Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. His new housing minister, Sean Fraser, has said he wants to improve affordability without pushing down prices. But it's not clear how the government plans to achieve this. So interesting to hear that. Trudeau is under mounting pressure to outline a strategy to ease the cost of living. A recent report by the Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce found that mortgage payments now eat up 59% of household earnings in 10 large cities. Fewer Canadians favor policies to discourage people from buying second homes. And almost no one supports eliminating the capital gains tax exemption on the sale of a primary residence. In a summary, to summarize some things about what Canadians think. So I think it's important to say that Canadians are fed up with the market, period. Even people who are selling their homes, um, understanding that the situation just isn't good for anybody. I guess I found that very interesting that there were, you know, that that many Canadians felt like that they would rather sell their, I mean, you gotta, you gotta think about that though. Everybody wants their money, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: they'd be willing to sell their home for less just to make a more balanced market. But you can't, like, it's impossible for that to happen. You know what I mean? You have to get everybody on board and agree to it. And then that becomes something of its else. It's like what, like a, like a home selling union for homeowners? yeah i also think by it's by the government mm-hmm.
0: i always i also Text. think it's always these polls are always funny because they, i don't think any of us have ever been part of these polls i've never been polled on anything never uh, been part of it <laughs>
1: uh and, but these and, polls and, you know targeted targeted phone calls i don't know maybe they target a certain demographic to get a certain answer right but uh mm-hmm. but if you're say, if you're asking homeowners like people that actually own
0: their homes and they went knocked on their door and said hey if we could offer you 100 less than what your home's worth, just to bring a balanced market, are you okay to sell? Like, it's cr- easy to say yes on a survey. I can assure you, 99.9% of those people are not going to take a 100, 150k haircut to balance the market out. That's you
1: know what, what, what I'm saying. saying. So it's like, you know, maybe people who are just—I don't know—like Stephen just said in the chat, right. they're <laughs> <in> lines. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did he Some say? of the older community. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> people who are already set financially, less to worry about down the down the road but uh, who knows regardless it's a statistic mm-hmm. that came out and uh, that's and, what i
2: found and, and on on the on kind of that supply and affordability standpoint one thing that was that came out friday that we touched on briefly and that's been in the news a lot in in toronto is that doug ford reverted his decision on releasing the Greenbelt for development they it was kind of he admitted that it was a rush uh decision there's obviously been three ministers and a few aides that have all resigned or or been let go as a result of as a result of the issues kind of plaguing the this decision to try and you know speed up development for the sake of of building additional supply. But everyone was pushing back against it and he actually reverted that decision. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, kind of going forward in Toronto at least, which is our you know largest city in Canada and obviously has a huge, you know. Uh, population that also goes there from an immigration perspective, you know, obviously flood stores there, and they have a, a big rental rental issue. There's the the sales market is dipped, but the rental market is is still very very strong. It'll be interesting to see what they decide then, if not releasing any of the green belt for development, what they what they do or or how they go about addressing development for for additional supply in the in the tr- Toronto GTA.
0: Well, Dave, you had, you sent us a message last week about a, a real life situation about a new build and just talking about the cost of it and, you know, on closing the the fees that need to be paid and how much more of a monthly payment it would be on your mortgage. Maybe you can touch on that quickly. But I wanted to say I was at a Depot on Friday buying a single sheet of plywood. <laughs> it was like $55 for one sheet. And I couldn't, like, I, it blew my mind. So I remember doing reno's like five, six years ago, and I think they were like eight eight to ten dollars a sheet or twelve like it was something absurd really like fifty
1: five dollars for what, what are the inch? dimensions of that sheet is it like a six by six or no it is? was
0: i think six by five maybe six feet by wow. five feet or something yeah it was pretty wild anyways i digress i'm just saying the cost <laughs> of the build now is
1: through the roof the
0: permit cost the to build. do anything it's everything we've been saying it costs to do anything you're right yes
1: i was you know so, you go you go get groceries now and then it's like oh you, you look at it you're like okay this is you know, I think it's about this, you know, you look at prices when you're picking things up, you add a few things on the way and then you get to the checkout and then you have one bag and it's like $200 mm-hmm. depending on what you're buying. Of course, you know what I mean? We eat pretty well and healthy. You know, I, I don't, don't eat a lot of processed food around here. So it's, but it's, you know, you get home and you put it in the fridge, put it away. It's like, wow,
2: mm-hmm. it's
1: affecting everybody.
0: Hey, that, that'll last so- us two days. Right. Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's so, so meals. to to Paul, your point on the on the new construction and that I commented to at least in our internal chat, and I I said I'd kind of vocalize it was I got a statement of adjustments and a, and a trust ledger for a new construction purchase that closed last week. The net sale price, so what the builder is taking as their sales price, nine hundred nineteen thousand one hundred eighty-one dollars. There is. One hundred and twenty thousand in HST. On top of that, there is an additional three hundred and twenty dollars in land tra- in land tax, so property tax. There is an additional, or is it here? We've got land transfer tax of fifteen thousand. The HST on legals, land transfer, registration of the charge. So these are all still government charges. Yeah, land transfer tax corporate searches is uh 16,700. So roughly almost $140,000 in tax and you know including land transfer tax, HST, GST and, and PST on that purchase on a $919,000 build. So that's over and above that 919 that that these apply further to that you know that doesn't include the builders development charges, permit charges taxes on the materials so when you look at those statistics and and those numbers of what constitutes what makes up the cost of a of a property or a new construction property when somebody's going and getting that mortgage on it it's over it's over a third is built up of taxes once you incorporate like i said that land transfer tax the hst the development charges cash in lieu of parkland which is basically the city's way of you know kind of calling bribery to the city of developing that properties is uh their cash in lieu of parkland so instead of building a park you pay us cash and we don't build a, and we don't need that land for a park is, right. is effectively what that is the you know permit costs and and all that so it it is very very significant what goes into new construction so you know there are cities uh, or provinces rather and we touched on it last week that they are they don't have you know land transfer tax for for First-time home buyers and things like that, you know, reducing some of these these taxes and development charges on these properties will certainly make properties more affordable and drive that price down. Yes, they're new construction, they're not the resale market, but every property starts somewhere. It's starting at that price point of after tax and after the development charges, and it's only going to go up from there. You know, if they want affordable housing, they need to lower those overall components with that make up a new build. It's Pretty, pretty ridiculous once you actually look at it and dive into those numbers.
1: Yeah, so looking at...
2: Just quickly, Paul.
1: Sure. I saw a stat that, I don't know if if we touched on this in the last couple of weeks, but in Toronto, pre-construction is is the lowest it's been in 23 years. Mm Mm-hmm. And then now they're saying that, I guess, you know, with the what we've been speaking about with the, the GST rebate, hopefully it'll go up. But I couldn't believe that. 23 years. I, I must have missed that before when we were talking about it. But that's
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, we had a graph that showed like basically the immigration stats and then the housing starts. It was like a complete opposite. Yeah, like, yeah. like, how does that happen? Right. Like it should be complete hockey stick curve for housing. And then you increase the immigration. Right. So everything's like set, ready to go. Right. Or at least happening at the same time. Not let's bring, you know. A million people. Well, why would anything in, in today's society make mm-hmm. Why would it do that? Yeah, not do. I was gonna say with that nine hundred nineteen thousand. So from the builder side, like we—that's your side. So from the buildings, from the builder side of that nine nineteen, let's just assume—and I know this is wrong—but let's just assume they made two hundred thousand in profit on the nine nineteen. Just the nine nineteen. You're paying your own taxes. They're going to pay their own taxes. Like you said, they're paying for the permit. They're paying for this. They're paying for that. They have their own build costs. Like, what do you think? How much money is a builder putting into that 919? And total, like you said, one third. Like, you're basically, it sounds like of the 19, 919, there's another 200,000 roughly on top of that, 150,000. So of the builders 919, like how much of their 919 is also tax or materials? Like, how much of that is?
2: It's, it's probably around 200 to 250,000. There's yeah. development charges, permits, cash in lieu of parkland, Taxes on the materials, taxes on the labor, you know, you've got, you've still got CPV and EI on, on that labor as well. It's probably like, that's what I'm saying that of that 919, it's probably about 200 to 250 of that as, as contributing towards taxes.
0: Right. So with the additional 150, you're talking like $400,000 on a $919,000 home, that's just taxes and fees and so on.
2: Correct. Yeah
0: but it's just that dead that dead air was needed just so people can yeah yeah, yeah, can <laughs> yeah. take that in for a second mm-hmm. i think that's that's where the that's where the the issue is is all of that like red tape those costs even like as a deterrent for a buyer if you know okay i'm i'm paying an additional 15 to 20 percent on top of what i'm paying just to get in the home just to get in the door mm-hmm. if you're buying it as an investment potentially or you're going to be renting it out like those are further losses like if you if you're buying it and then you're planning to sell it you know and then you're paying fees on top of that to sell it and so on. So it's yeah it's very tough. It's very, very challenging to to see a way out of it. Like I just don't see any way where we can build that many homes that fast at an affordable yeah. price that Canadians can afford. You know it's impossible. Dumb's got a gift. Let's go back to three, <laughs> three episodes a
2: ah, ah, We're dying. <laughs>
1: I guess we'll figure something out. I do have a have some comments about uh the comments I made last week and had an email from, from someone. It was, you know, it was it seemed like maybe my me speaking about what happened at that open house and trying to get the other agents involved was a bit aggressive, but I was kind of like, you know, well, that's that's what I do and that's what I believe in. And to further on on that, when I was talking about the open house and you know, other agents in the building, not being on board to come and uh, support and do it at the same time so that we could get more traffic to all the listings. I ended up selling the property through someone that came through the open house. So they did, they were represented by an agent, but they ultimately put in an offer after coming through the open house. So if you're a realtor out there and you're not doing open houses right now, I'd advise that you do it because all it takes is one person. And uh, we did another one on the weekend. We had eight groups through that. It actually sold... The day prior, we had it on for, we only had it on for two days, but we got a great offer on it. So that's another thing. It was listed previously and it wasn't. We did some touch-ups just to to get it to where it needed to be and priced more competitively for the market. And yeah, that's that's my thing. I'm just saying to agents out there, if you have a listing, even if you don't have a listing, find a listing through someone in your office and or agents that you know ask them if they have any listings and they want open houses done and just go and do it because there's business there and now we have you know for the team we have more leads of home buyers that we can help and represent yeah. properly C-
2: call those call those guys call those agents that are on vacation and not willing you know That's not right. able to do those those That's open right. houses
0: yeah like at the end of the day there was a buyer <laughs> that came into that building and potty units like if they had been there they might have bought theirs instead of yours, Greg. Absolutely. You know? that would have been terrible right. for you, but that's why you did this, is to give them the opportunity, right? Is to actually... Yes. You know, that's well.
1: yes. So, you know, you, you never know. It just, it only takes one. Don't be, just don't, don't be lazy, especially when you're trying to compete against the other 4,000 agents. In yeah. Ottawa, you know, you gotta, gotta make your mark. <laughs> make your mark. Which is,
2: that's pretty crazy, actually, that stat. There's 4,000 4,000 licensed agents? There's about 4,000
1: agents. I can't remember the exact number, but you know, again, I've said this before, but it's good for a refresher, especially for new listeners. You know, as anything, it's 20% of us doing 80% of the work. And there's more part time agents in the industry now, I think, than ever before. So that might do a couple deals a year. And then, you know, what happens is, some of those they just that's for their own business or you know friends and family kind of stuff but you know it also can end up in situations where people working with some of the part-time agents i'm not going to you know call out everybody obviously everyone's different but you know the, it's the level of service is different you know so when you're picking an agent just really make sure that you vet everybody do your research do check out check out the socials check out the reviews interview 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 do not work with the first agent you're you're referred to. Just make sure that you make the calls and and talk to more people. Talk to more realtors. Sit down because you got to go on on the the way you feel. The vibe is important.
0: It's actually amazing how many times I'll like when I'm kind of doing that introductory call and asking them about, you know, are you working with an agent right now? Where are you out in the process? That sort of thing, depending on where they came from, obviously. But so many people say, Oh, yeah, I have a realtor from like, you know, my brother's cousin or whatever i don't know my my boyfriend's cousin's brother is a is a realtor or something like they have they've ne- no vetting done they're basically i understand a lot of people work strictly on relationship that's really important to them but in something like this where we're talking about something that could potentially if you're selling or buying save or you know earn you an additional you know 20 25 thirty thousand dollars like it's not yeah you're not buying a christmas card for someone you know like it's really important to make a an informed decision
1: or just make sure and, or just make, and make you feel important during yeah. the process like i have a friend right now mm-hmm. in toronto who's going through something with an agent that she was recommended and she said it's been terrible because every time that she asks the agent questions she feels like it's a it's a problem mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, like it's, an it's it's an inconvenience to her to answer the question and i'm like man i'm like that is not cool like that's not what you want and it's her first time selling a house. Mm-hmm. So she was referred by friends and now she's in this situation where she's just like you know not sure if she wants to continue the relationship because she doesn't feel like she's getting you know the service that she needs and she's ax- asking the question to you know to me and some other people saying like is this what it's like and we're just like absolutely not mm-hmm. they should be like helping you in a way that makes you feel comfortable and puts you first you
0: another know? phone call greg great no go ahead whatever you need what can I help you with today, Hey. Eh? Yeah.
1: Oh, God. Uh, you just I was just on another call. It was so important. What do you need? Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. And let
0: them go for you. So <laughs> go ahead. Eh? Yeah. Uh, How? Diego I- aside. <laughs> Stephen I- had a comment from, just based on what you said there, Greg. Dick Wong says, case in point, Greg was out of town and had someone else take me to see houses. I ended up buying one of those houses. Yeah, that's two two cases.
2: Mm-hmm. That's, what you do. that's what you do. It's what you do. But of the collaborate, I mean, collaborate 4,000 4, agents though, and last month there was 1,200 1, sales,
1: and twenty percent of those so, four thousand did all the business.
2: Yeah. So I mean, really, to your point, Greg, of of you know interviewing those agents that you're going to work with, the more. The more negotiations, the more properties, the, like showings, you know, offers submitted or deals done that an agent has experience with, the better they're going to be at negotiating, at strategically positioning, at selling your home from what's going to be needed, you know, what from f- what photographers are using or video content or social mm-hmm. media content, like marketing plan, as opposed to the one person that, to your point, sells one to two homes a year, you know. They don't have that experience walking through a house. They don't have that experience negotiating of strategic negotiations, you know, what's needed to sell a house or even how to analyze the market for comparables. And they overprice and they're just like, Oh, what do you want to sell for? Oh, 800. Well, I think it's worth 600, but yeah, that's going to get me to listing. Let's just do that.
1: And they Um, also don't have the same relationships with a lot of the established realtors in town, mm -hmm. which is a huge asset. I find especially when negotiating, you know, Cause it's just, mm-hmm. like I said, the egos are our side and you just kind of, you know, it's just a more pleasant experience and uh, everybody's working together to do what's best for their client and ultimately get the job done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, not, it's not, it's not the same type of, of battle.
2: Yeah. And I, I think the same can be said for on the mortgage side as well, Sure. you know, in, you know, interview and, and discuss and ask questions of the the mortgage professional you're working with, how long they've been in the business, you know, their knowledge of the industry and, and really interview them of who they work with, all that. I mean, at the end of the day, most mortgages all have access to the same lenders. Mm-hmm. They, you know, by and large. And so it's really just in their, in their experience and how to position your, your application or your file with, with the banks, you know, mm-hmm. on that, you know, strategic positioning on dealing with them for conditions, being able to get those exceptions made. You know, all of that really goes into the experience of that agent. Whereas, you know, you deal with somebody that's part time or, or new or not really understanding the market or putting that time to know their product and they're they're going to, they could really kind of be a detriment to your file where, you know, if it gets canceled with three insurers, there's only three out there. There's only CMHC, Sagen and Canada Guarantee. So if it's positioned incorrectly by one inexperienced mortgage agent or bank professional, then you're shot like you only have three opportunities if you have less than 20% down and so ensuring that you're working with somebody that can position your file properly with the banks and with the insurers is, is imperative to getting your deal done as well yes
0: relationships you know relationships real, real, estate, real estate us with our clients us with the lenders It's all relationships. Yeah. That's it. relationships
2: that's what it's all about and knowing what the hell you're doing yeah and we and we'd love to
0: relate
1: and we'd love to relationship with you,
2: viewers. <laughs> Looking
1: to buy or sell, let's start a relationship.
2: Put the ego aside, Gregory. <laughs> Put, Put the ego, the ego aside, aside,
1: Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> After you make a comment, just
2: Oh God. I'm gonna
1: walk around for the rest of my life like that.
2: Well, Pensive. Well- I, I think we should before we slide in the mood boost, I think we should put it out there to listeners to to shoot us a message, comment on our videos, whatever it may be what you what content you're looking for from us as well. We haven't really asked you, the listeners of you know that come on and listen to us ramble about nonsense of what you're also content you're looking for topics. so certainly yeah. uh, let us know really we're we're all ears. we should we should also do another live
1: i say we do do another live i say we do it two weeks from now Mm -hmm. i say we promote it it hard and heavy and i say that all of you out there hard hard and heavy drop your questions get ready let's go yeah we should do that
0: and we should also have uh one of our phones or something where people can actually call in we need a call-in show i think it's great yeah
2: I think a zoom link amazing
0: idea. A random zoom link where people can just tune in and, see and somehow screen them <laughs> you just, before they you just gotta on.
1: hope you, you just gotta hope you don't get those shows i was i was listening to you need a uh, 10 second delay like an old school <laughs> hip-hop show grandmaster kaz and on on rock the bells radio the other day and they did, did a call and celebrating you know 50 years of hip-hop or whatever and he's like you know and the callers turn they're like yeah yeah jo- johnny johnny you're on you're on the call you're on the call how you doing how you doing bro oh <laughs> Uh, oh hello hello yeah johnny you're on the show thanks thanks for tuning in hey yeah i i just want to say i just want to say and then it's like holy shit and then you know they they gotta like let him go through it please we would hope that being listeners of quality entertainment like this that you can communicate your questions properly be prepared if not have a proxy
2: no, we'll just do a 10 or 15 second delay and we'll be quick on the trigger for hanging up. Bro, next! <laughs> editing, editing on the fly through AI. Just next. AI. Next caller. It'll
1: be like, uh, just call me. It'll be like that, uh, be like that
2: MTV show. Next.
1: <laughs> yeah. Johnny, you're on the call. Uh, uh, I love you guys.
0: Before we slide into the mood boost, gentlemen, I wanted to quickly promote, I guess you could say, these Cardinal pins, these Never Give Up pins, Ivor Fashion. Greg, do you know Travis Iverson? I don't. Ivor Fashion. So Travis, no, he is in a wheelchair. He created these Never Give Up pins uh, to support. He has a custom clothing line for people that are in the wheelchair community. He creates these custom clothing. So these pins are basically to create awareness for people that are in need of those clothing. So it's not something that obviously people think of uh, unless you know someone in that position. So... These pins actually had our, our inaugural Stevenson Croquet Championship yesterday, which I think I mentioned to mm-hmm. you guys. And I, I gave out these pins to all the participants in memory of my grandma who loved Cardinals. So that was kind of the, it all came full circle, you know, the Cardinal pins. Mm-hmm. So Ivor Fashion, never give up. I'll put the link, I'll give the link to Steven. So if you want to, they have hoodies and they have those pins. So if you want to support that cause and check out Travis's website, I think it's just IverFashion.com, and uh, you can get the pins there. So... Yeah. And and apparently,
1: and apparently I do know him. He, I mean, I I don't know if I've met him. Uh, I would apologize in advance, but he had requested me as a friend on Facebook. We have 69 friends in common. Mm -hmm. Travis. Yes. Good looking out. I will grab a pin from Paul. Yes.
0: Yes. I have extras.
1: In support. 100%.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Mood boost, gentlemen. Here we go. I got three today. So number one, Why did Spider-Man's evil twin fail his driver's test? He was a bad parallel Parker. Oh, wow. Mm Hmm.
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't know about that one.
0: I'm taking it. That's a win. (laughs) Number two. Asked my wife what she wanted for her birthday. She replied, nothing would make me happier than a diamond necklace. So I bought her nothing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> and number three why don't pirates take a bath before they walk the plank they just wash up on shore
1: mm. i'll give you a little bit for the mm. one there. <laughs> mm. yeah all right
0: thanks everyone for tuning in yeah so two weeks let's do an ama i think that's october 9th or 10th whatever that Thanks. It's oh, Thanksgiving weekend. So we should mm. line it up for maybe the Tuesday night post Thanksgiving mm. weekend. Yeah. And uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We should be back next week at 10 a.m. Gregory, thanks for your, your your twin there in the background. That's pretty good. You got to look. look.
2: Put the ego aside. Oh, the other way. Go more the
1: other way. more the other way.
2: <laughs> this, this is like this be a
1: weekly thing for me. I'm going to have fun with this. <laughs> yeah. It's a new photo. All right. Thanks for
0: tuning in, everyone. We'll see you next
1: week
2: deuces thanks for tuning in everyone we hope you enjoyed today's episode please remember to like share comment and subscribe because we'd really like that